You're listening to the pulpit of Marion Avenue Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for today's message. For additional resources, you can visit us online at marionavenuebaptist.com or by calling 855-825-4113. The truth will make you free. John chapter number 16 in the scriptures. In John chapter number 14 through 17, Jesus is giving his disciples the promises of God right before he ascends to heaven. And he's telling his disciples in John 14 that he would not leave them comfortless. He had a plan. He would send a comforter. And this is known as the Olivet Discourse. I've had the opportunity to make that journey from the upper room area of old Jerusalem down across the Kidron, the Valley Kidron, the Brook Kidron, and up into the Mount of Olives and to pray under trees that have been grafted in and grafted for more than 2,000 years to the very trees that Jesus knelt under. And what an experience. This is where Jesus was after the upper room, the Last Supper, the Passover meal. He, he goes down and they go out into this garden where he oft resorted, the Bible says. And uh, he comes to the end of John chapter 16 and verse number 33, and he says, these things, I want you to see it, this is our text, have I spoken unto you, John 16, 33, that in me ye might have peace. Amen. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Good news tonight, Jesus is coming again. I want you to notice that he's overcome the world. He's overcome the earth. And there is a plan set in motion and a plan set in place. And we're at a time right now where souls can still be saved and be redeemed and be bought back because he has overcome the world. But the Bible says, in the world you shall have tribulation. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. He said it is common that you are going to have tribulation. It is common that you're going to have trial. Why? Because the devil is the little god of this world. He is the prince and the power of the air. And the devil has dominion today. He says you will have tribulation here. Once you understand tonight that the devil wanted to be a part of the Trinity. He said, I will be like the most high. Right. The devil picked out Jesus and said, I want to be like Jesus. He said, I want to be just like Jesus. And so he was cast out of heaven, fallen from heaven as uh, Lucifer and cast down to earth. And now everything that he has done is to replace Jesus. He wants all worship. But he's the antithesis of Jesus. He's the antichrist of Jesus. Jesus is all love. Satan is all hate. Jesus right. is all truth. Satan is all lie. Jesus is all light. Satan is all darkness. You understand that? And so this is the Antichrist. That's who Satan or Lucifer is. Every time the devil sees you, it makes him hateful and angry and resentful because you are made in the image of God. There's God. And now I want you to understand that you are joint heirs with Jesus and Jesus, uh, Satan can never have what you have. And so Satan hates that. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your body. If you ever see at Halloween time, somebody with a chainsaw, you know what that is all about? That is all about, are you listening carefully? That is all about the destruction of God's fearfully and wonderfully made creation. 
This is what all the cuttings is about and tattoos are about and, and facial piercings. and all. It's all about destroying what God created. Amen. Taking and putting man's stamp on God's stamp. And so this is Satan's uh, desire and it's all about dominion. It's all about ownership. It's all about destruction. I want you to understand that the world is not being set up right now for the reign of Christ. It will be one day, but it's being set up for the reign of Satan. Look at 2 Thessalonians, if you will, chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2 in the scriptures. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 2, and verse number 1. The Bible says, now we beseech you. Let me give you a moment just to get there. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. Do you see that in verse number 2 of 2 Thessalonians 2? Say amen if you see that there. He said, be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, that's the son of damnation, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped. So that, here it is, he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So, I, I don't, we're going to circle back to this text, and I want, you to, I want you to see that, verse number two, don't be soon shaken in mind, <coughs> or be troubled, because just as Jesus is going to rule and reign for a thousand years on earth and rule and reign for eternity and have all power and all dominion, but he's going to do it the right way. He's going to do it in truth and in love and in mercy and in grace and in strength and all will bow down and worship him and there will be a one world religion but it'll be a one world relationship with Jesus Christ. There will be a one coming together and Jesus will rule and reign. You will not have the governments and the dominions and the countries like you have them today. But Satan is now setting up his kingdom to replace, to parody, to set in place what Jesus will one day set in place. In everything good that Jesus will be, Satan is the opposite today. And Satan is working now to set up his kingdom. In Revelation chapter 12, in verse 12, it teaches us that Satan understands the times. It says this, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now this is talking in future prophetic timelines, but it is a principle and it is a truth to show that the devil is watching very carefully. He is, is discerning the times more than even Christians are. And Christians should be discerning the times and staying busy in the work of the Lord. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that will serve as a lie. Satan is setting up his kingdom age right now. And this is a sequel to this morning's message, so I understand many of you are trying to catch up and jump on board with this end-time prophecy. But let me just stop and say this tonight. We are literally sitting in the IMAX viewing screen of 
Satan's kingdom building. We are watching prophetic events unfold today. And we are viewing them. And we are, we are watching this COVID being brought in. Of course, uh, it is a real virus that, that people have been, gotten sick from. But it has been set up to usher in the reign of Satan. And the Bible tells you and I as Christians what we ought to be doing and how we ought to be responding. And so we've seen that this has been brought in for a global control so the man of sin can be revealed or the Antichrist. Now let me be very clear who the Antichrist is or what it is or how it is. It's not a spirit. It's not, uh, you know, an imagination. It's, it's, it's a person. It's, it's Lucifer. You say, oh, I thought it was somebody else. No, it's Lucifer is the Antichrist. But here's what it's going to look like. Jesus was God incarnate. He had a body here on earth. The Antichrist is Lucifer incarnate. So he will be a real human being that is born just like Jesus was born and was all man. But he will be uh, all, all Satan as well. He will be Lucifer. He will be indwelled by Satan. And the world right now is being primed and set up. It's, it's not just trial runs. It's runs that will usher right into the reign, the complete dominance and reign and rule of Satan where we will not uh, see what we still see today in liberty to worship God. There, there can be no worship of Jesus. No worship. We've got to stop that. And how is the devil going to do that? Well, first of all tonight, he has to do that through complete control. The devil has to have dominion if he is going to set as God here on earth, and he will, and rule and reign the earth. And so how does he set that up? By control, and control comes by deception. He has to deceive people into giving up personal liberties and rights so that he can come in complete control. How does he do this? He has to bring people to where they will not think for themselves. In satanic countries, and communistic countries, it's literally shut up and do what you're told. Trust the professionals. Why? Because Satan is working behind the scenes so that you and I that don't know Jesus, you and I, I trust, the, I, do, I certainly do, but I trust that you know Jesus as your personal Savior. But that for those that do not trust Christ as their personal Savior, that they will just follow this man of peace, this prince of peace, if you will, uh, this, this giver of peace, this man of sin, the Bible calls him, the son of perdition, perdition. But what he's trying to do today is he's trying to even use Christians to be so deceived that they get in line with his control so that people don't come to know Christ and families and marriages and churches don't go and grow for God and bring him glory, number one, and secondly, bring others to him. And we read in the headlines, I mean, and I quote this Dr. Fauci said, look, it's time for Americans just to do what they're told. Yeah. It's not the American way. That is, and he doesn't understand. That's right. He's just a pawn, Amen. right? And we, any of us could be used as a pawn if we get outside of truth. But as a pawn to just don't think for yourselves, just be programmed. Whether it makes sense or not, it doesn't matter. You don't think for your family. Right. You don't lead your family as a husband. You don't lead your children as a mother. You don't lead your church as a pastor. You don't lead together. You just do what you're told. And that is a sign that we are seeing. Second Thessalonians 2, 2 says, 
that ye be not soon shaken in mind. He says, look, I don't want you to be shaken up in mind so that you begin to operate out of fear. He says, I want you to stay solid in faith and operate not out of selfishness, my way or the highway, I don't care, I'm just gonna be disrespectful to authority. No, operating out of faith. Do not think for yourselves, that's deception. Secondly, no one can act for themselves, not only think for themselves, but act for themselves. We have to take away all free will. He is the antichrist. He cannot allow people to act in free will as Christ did and say, you can choose me or deny me. That's what Jesus said. Satan says, I wanna be God, but I'm not gonna give you a chance to deny me. You have to choose me and I'm gonna do everything that I can for you to choose me. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that understandeth count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. And so the devil today is setting up. He's prepping and priming. And if you believe this is conspiracy, if you, believe, if you just believe, oh, come on, this isn't real, then you haven't read the Bible. I just read it for you. And he's priming and prepping the world. Now, I'm going to give you God's prophetic timeline and this good news for you and I, but it's also, there's a purpose here. But I'm just giving you an illustration tonight. There's a lot I'd like to go into Israel and do all this prophetic, like this morning I was a little bit deeper in talking about uh, that throne room and the seal of, of heaven and all of that. But tonight I'm, I'm just giving you an illustration of how quickly it is accelerating uh, today. And so um, we're, it's happening. It's not conspiracy. It's not going to happen. It's happening today. The mind control, the buying and selling. This is why the world is moving to a global cryptocurrency system. Um, where everybody will have to be controlled by one world government. That's what it's all about. Who is the leader of the one world government? It will be this man of sin, this Satan, this antichrist. And so uh, today, this, this, this sickness, um, like the flu, uh, that of course has made a lot of people sick, but it is being used by Satan. He's the prince of the power of the air. Satan could have even introduced it into the world, created it. And it's being used to bring all power and all control so people don't think for themselves, so they don't lead their families. I mean, you got good Christians running and hiding instead of stand. I mean, we had people ripped apart at the stake, burned at the stake and ripped apart by lions. And yet a, 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 a virus has caused people to, to, to get backslide on God. Amen. And we see that the control is coming. A lot of very, 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 I don't, I don't scroll Facebook. There's a bunch of garbage and infiltrated with conspiracy theories to make people look dumb and on both sides, you know, and be careful what you share, by the way. But, um, but let me just tell you, even now in um, what used to be a, a, a good and normal thing like the vaccination world, um, in, in villages in Africa, because of these poor little people, you know, that mamas that having all these babies and you know, that they're in poverty. You have people like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I have a sister that's there, and we know what we're talking about, um, that they're going over there and just going into schools without mom and dad's permission and vaccinating them, and then guess what? These girls who used to be very fertile and have children are no longer having children. And a million other things of control and population control and mind control and um, very 
well-known and credentialed doctors from Harvard and um, John Hopkins have come out and said that, and I personally don't think that the mark of the beast will be in a vaccination. I think it'll, it'll, it'll be something that people will choose because of deception. But I'm saying they are introducing it by being priming and priming us by control to where everybody will just receive it. And they're saying now this vaccination that the whole world, I mean, you're not going to be able to move. Right now in Italy, you can't, for Christmas, you can't leave your house. In Italy, you can't travel between states, even now complete control. And what they'll do is when, this, when everybody gets this vaccination, they will uh, most likely inject some kind of control device. I'm not saying it's the mark of the beast. I actually don't think it's the mark of the beast. I think it will be an element of control. And um, somebody began to tell me about it, and I said, I'm not going to watch y'all's video. I'm going to do my own research. And the patent um, for this cryptocurrency system to track people, uh, the patent number is 060606. <laughs> and uh, again, I think, you know, the devil just showing his hand a little bit. But um, it's, it's happening here today that you don't buy or sell. Did you hear the verse that I just read? So you can go on any patent website, and you can see that Bill and Melinda Gates, who have this vaccination and the pharmaceutical scams across the uh, country and even world, um, that they filed this patent two weeks after the shutdown uh, in March. And I just did a quick screenshot. I want you to take a look at it. I know this is an unusual uh, message, but this is an illustration for a truth uh, that is about ready to come and a challenge for us as Christians. So take a look. I just got on Patent Scope, which has millions upon millions of patents, and I just typed in the patent, the WO2020, and then the patent number 060606, and you can take a look for yourself. So I'm going to patentscope.com, uh, which shows you all the different patents, um, and we're going to look up the 666 patent here. And it'll show us the actual patent on an official website. This isn't any kind of conspiracy. This is the actual uh, patent website that you can look up on any patent that's ever been filed. And it shows you all, of course, the description, the claims, the drawings, et cetera, et cetera. But basically, it tells you that it is a device that can be uh, worn or injected, um, used by an individual monitoring body activity for cryptocurrency. And, of course, it communicates with cell phone towers and servers um, that are all around us. And it can monitor uh, activity and basically you buy and sell using this here. Um, and it tracks all human body activity. So they know anything you're doing everywhere you're at um, and can be used uh, for great control, obviously. Um, it was, uh, the publication date here is March 26, 2020, which is just a few weeks after the shutdown. Of course, the patent number is 060606, um, which I am not saying that this is the mark of the beast. I'm saying that things are being prepared for it. It tells who were the inventors of it. And then, of course, it shows who applied for it, which this is Bill Gates the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that are behind all of the vaccinations and all of the human body um, control through the medical crisis world such as COVID. And so here is the, um, the, the, the patent for this technology that they already have and are, are, are working through it. Of course, it goes all the way um, through the details, electronic cash system, this is why you're seeing a shortage, and moving away from money, of course, 
um, so that you can get a global control cryptocurrency system using body activity see, data. It says you cannot buy or about. sell. Thank you. You cannot buy or sell without this. You understand that the devil is, this isn't coincidence. So it's a great illustration that we're on God's timetable. It's moving forward very, very fast. And the control is there. I have friends in China, the Kims, and, and it's literally t everywhere you go, no matter what, they have to whisper under the breath if they talk about God because they're on camera. I mean, every street corner, every church, every building, every, you name it. You go into the grocery store. She told me herself, and she says, you have to scan your face. And the amount of technology, I mean, my phone unlocks just like this here because I looked at it. You understand that. And this is everywhere in China, but... Uh, it's being introduced around the world because of this virus, this virus. Man, you'd think this virus would have killed everybody in our church uh, for how they're acting, but it's not about the virus. It's about the second coming of Jesus Christ and his timeline. And you, as, you and I as Christians need to wake up and understand that we're a part of an exciting plan. Take a look at BBC, who at the end kind of mentions that, yeah, people are concerned about it, but the overall tone of BBC that you're hearing from all the main talking heads um, is applauding this type of technology over this horrific, horrific virus. There's been a lot of talk about China's high-tech fight against coronavirus. Robots delivering food in hospitals, facial recognition cameras taking people's temperatures, and drones enforcing lockdowns and quarantines. But what about the tech we can't see? China's sophisticated and controversial data surveillance system is used to track citizens on and offline. And it's proving extremely effective during the pandemic. The mass surveillance network has taken the Communist Party decades to build. They faced near constant criticism for it around the world. But as the world tries to get a grip on COVID-19, many countries are looking to the model for answers. Here's how they're doing it in South Korea. They're using your phone to locate where you are and then they'll send you an emergency alert if you're anywhere near where a confirmed coronavirus patient has been. Singapore, Israel, Iran, Taiwan and Russia have all adopted some or all of the Chinese methods to temporarily harness the power of data. More expected to follow. So how does China's data surveillance system work and how is it useful in a pandemic? It all starts with this, a national ID card. You need one to pretty much do anything in China. From buying a mobile phone to using any app, everything you do leaves a data trail linked back to your ID. In areas in lockdown, phone location data is being used to monitor movement and enforce curfews. If a patient is meant to be in quarantine, geolocation pings on their phone can alert authorities if they stray out of their homes. Phone location data is also being used to map exactly where that person visited in the two weeks before being diagnosed. A combination of human and automated computer analysis work out who they may have infected. If they went on a train and got too close to other commuters, a text message is sent out through one of the major apps, alerting those at risk. Every person is being assigned a coloured QR code, depending on the risk they pose. Green, no risk. Orange, they've entered a potential virus hotspot. 
and red if they've tested positive for the virus and could still be contagious. None of this cyber surveillance would be any good without the Chinese state's strict enforcement teams too. Police and volunteers have literally manned the exits of apartment blocks to keep places on lockdown. But in countries where these data surveillance powers are being brought in to help deal with coronavirus, some people are worried about the long term. My name is Adam Schwartz. I am a senior lawyer at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. There is a great concern that when government gets new powers in a crisis, government never gives those powers away even when the crisis ends. So, for example, in the wake of the 9-11 attacks, the United States created uh, vast new surveillance powers. Nineteen years later, those powers are still very much in the hands of the U.S. government. Adam and others also have questions about just how much of a difference this data surveillance can make and if it's worth it. What we are basically saying uh, to governments around the world is before you unveil a or you know unleash a brand new uh, mass surveillance power it's necessary for governments to come forward uh, and really public health professionals to come forward and show that these technologies would actually address the crisis striking the delicate balance between privacy and security is an age-old problem for governments and the public but perhaps never in history has the dilemma been more pressing and more life-threatening. Never in history more life-threatening. We need peace. We need somebody to come and help us with all of this. Now, if you're a brand new Christian, some of this may not connect the dots, but literally we are watching the scripture unfold, and it's happening right here in America. I mean, the hotlines are set up, the brother against brother, the sister against sister, literally hotlines set up to see at Christmas time if your neighbor has more than 10 people there. I mean, here's a, here's a police department. Here's what they just put out, a small police department. We're under mandate. Mandate says 10 people on the inside, 50 on the outside. If you've scheduled events, make provision to cancel them. Curfew will be enforced. As far as Christmas party, pop-up card games, any social gatherings that exceed 10 people, we will be writing the tickets. Aberdeen Police Department, go ahead to the next. It says, this is the same post, Aberdeen will also start collecting fines. Do not call my phone when they get to you or someone you think that can help you. We will start serving warrants December 14th. Don't call the mayor. They can't help you. We just want a safe and productive city. We appreciate everything that you can do. I couldn't even have my in-laws, my just two in-laws over to my house because that would be 11 and just complete control. And that is how the devil is priming this. And then we see censoring all that is good. Satan's job is to shut up that which is good and to call it evil and to take which is evil and magnify it and call it good. My brother-in-law, Jeremy Coburnett, has a private Facebook group that is closed for prayer requests, praying for the elderly, praying for people that are sick of COVID, just praying. And it's private. It's locked down. You can't, you know, it's just for private prayer requests so they can talk about prayer requests. And in one of his Thursday morning meetings on Facebook, praying with his elderly people, he said, we need to pray for what's going on in the election. He's not typing, he's not commenting, he's just praying. And immediately this was snapped uh, onto there. See the results of the election. It's mind control. And this is in a closed Facebook group of a preacher. Do you understand that? So, I mean, literally, even I had my wife with a child said, did she tell you to, that you ought to go to jail or go to hell? Go to hell. One of my little children. And yelled at her and cursed and swore because my, my little 
Parsha's daughter was not wearing a mask. Um, this, is, this is what Satan does. He divides. Amen. And he mind controls. And he takes things and he blows them all out of proportion. I, I could take 20... I could take 20 hours, but I could take 20 minutes talking to you about the things right here in Washington, Iowa, that has done far more damage. In Washington, Iowa, I do the funerals. I go to the hospital, like booze and liquor up here at Dodici and Hy-Vee liquor, and everybody applauds that. It's done more damage to see women raped, children molested, your loved ones killed out on the road in Washington County. Amen. And yet, we'll pull our masks down to smoke our cigarettes that you can walk in the store and buy. And I see it happening here. What am I trying to say? I'm not mad at anybody. I feel sorry. This is why we're preaching this tonight. I feel sorry for the mind control, the censoring, the shutting down of churches. Let me just say this. Unless God leads this church, that truly we are going to get sick and die or the building's on fire, or there's, you know, some smoke bomb, I mean, some, some uh, bomb going off or something. We're not shutting down this church. Amen. If we have to hide to do it because we're, we're going to be arrested, we'll do it. We'll, we'll hide in, 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 in my barn. Y'all come on down to my barn, Amen. and uh, we'll have church, uh, but we'll do it here until they drag a few of us off, and, uh, but uh, because truth has to go forward, Amen. and I'm not going to obey the government. And when they tell us, oh, but you don't care about your neighbor. Here's the stupidity with it all. The nursing homes that have been on complete lockdown and all the churches that have followed every protocol, they've still gotten it too. Somebody, I'll I'll put a $100 bill right there for the first person in this large audience to come up here and show me an example of a city, a church, or a group of people that because they did everything that they were told to do that they didn't get COVID. You will not be able to do that. So therefore, why, why is everybody doing I believe in being smart about it. I don't believe Lonnie Pickering with COPD ought to be, you know, going to Disney World <laughs> and, and cough, letting everybody cough on him. But there's some, there's some individual liberty there. Amen. Obviously, but I'm talking about Satan priming the world. Then you see world religion. He has to have them worshiping Satan. Um, in the Emirates, in the, in the Middle East, they have a synagogue and a mosque and a church all put together um, uh, in, on one property, and they're applauding it. And, of course, the Pope bringing in the ecumenical, um, uh, you know, let's all join hands, one religion, one church. No, it's one Savior, Jesus Amen. Christ. It's not my church. It's not Amen. their church. It's not our works, it's what he did on the cross. And this is what the great falling away or the apostasy is about. There's a great falling away. What is a falling away? You say, how do you know if we've fallen away? It's when there's no more truth of the Bible. And over the past 50 years, if you went to other denominations, good people, good churches, they would say, well, here's the Bible that we use. And it may be a different version, but they still claim to the word of God. Now, no Bible. Say so they don't use a Bible? Not really. They don't want to talk about it because tr- then it's truth and it's a mandate. Word of God. So it's, we'll show a verse on a screen every once in a while, but it'll be from all kinds of different verses. You can't track down what Bible 
they use. These evangelical liberal churches is in apostasy, a great falling away because we have gotten from the truth. There's a lot that I would like to say, but let me just say this. The good news is that we're going to be out of here before all hell breaks loose. But we are going to see great tribulation and a great priming of it before it comes. Let me just show you here. I made this visual from the word of God. Of course, the first coming is the virgin birth. We're going to celebrate that on the 25th. I'm going from your left to right. And then Jesus died on the cross, redeeming mankind. He was buried and rose again, and he went back to heaven. Now we have this little age of grace, this church age, this present day as an opportunity to let more people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then we have the second coming, which we call the rapture, the first part of the second coming, where he's going to come and get those that are saved. Then we have the seven-year tribulation. The first three and a half years is the first three and a half years of great deception that we've just talked about, everything being primed. Last three and a half years is the wrath of God poured out upon the earth. And then Jesus Christ will come back with us and establish his kingdom for a thousand years and then we'll have a new heaven and a new earth. So right now we are in the church age or the present day and we circle all the way back to our text. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. So here's the message tonight. All of that was introductory and all of that was illustrative. Here's the message. If we do not overcome in Christ, we will be overcome by circumstances around us because it is Satan's plan to deem us or to mark us ineffective. That is his plan. So what are we to do? The difference between faith and fear is our focus. As Christians, we are to comfort one another with these words. We are to look to the Lamb of God. We are to understand the timeline of where we are at because we have to focus on victory. God has already won the victory. He's already overcome the world. He's given us an opportunity to persuade and witness and guide and preach to other men that they want to get in on what he has overcome. So we have to focus on our victory. We need confident Christians. And you're going to be confident to the level of your intake. You intake a bunch of that all day, every day, and you're going to be less confident and worried and, oh, I just want my little America back. Well, you know what? I'm thankful for America, and I believe we ought to stand and pray and, and, and fight if we have to over our families and over our freedoms, absolutely. But wait a minute. We have to stand in victory in Christ that we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. But second and last, we must not only focus on the victory, we must focus on the purpose. Our purpose is first to bring glory to God in this dark world. We are the salt of the earth, the light of the earth. And then we are to win souls to Christ. He said, occupy till I come. And occupy is a military term that is not sitting around in a tent in New York City, but is to gain ground and hold to that ground. It is to win others to Jesus Christ. I think about Dick who got baptized this morning, stage four cancer, just got saved. We went up and sat in his home and tears in his eyes uh, saying, you know, nobody's invited me to church. And I, you know, I just lived a rough life and drugs and alcohol and all this stuff. 
And he just said, I, I didn't know, but I asked Jesus to say, there is a lost and dying world out there that needs you and I to tell them. This is why we raise our children up for the Lord. This is why we have a strong marriage. This is why we have a revived church. And it's time for the church of God to be revived, to get into the book, to get into lost souls, to get into gathering corporately, to lift his name up, to praise the name of Jesus, that all the earth may know that Jesus lives and Jesus reigns and Jesus saves. This is why we're building the building, because our time is short. I don't even know if we'll get to finish it. But you better believe we're going to occupy till he comes. Amen. We're going to go forward. We're not going to sit sidetracked like the average Christian. I don't say that in pride because it can be us and it has been us at times that sit around punching the Christian clock so wrapped up into self, so wrapped up into our way and no revival. It's time to be revived. It's time to raise strong children. It's time young couples to have a purpose. I was so thankful to see Alex and Amanda jumping on that bus on Sunday morning. Why? Because the time is short. It isn't about Alex and Amanda and their nice little honeymoon. It's about the fact that they're sitting back there together, live streaming the service. Why? So that people can hear this message, that they can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, or that they can, as Christians, not be soon shaken in mind, but edified and built up in comfort in the word of God. The Bible says, therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin. Let us not be a sinful Christianity today that knows to do good, good to others, love others, telling others about the truth, bringing glory and honor to God and preaching the truth to others, but not doing it because we are so self-centered and self-focused. And so tonight in closing, let me say good news, Jesus is coming again. But good news, you and I have a purpose and a job. I beg of you, church, for revival. I beg of you, choir, it's time to do more. You've heard me say, I text out, we need more tenors. It's time that the, the, the basses, sopranos, altos, and tenors sang like never before, came to practice on time, stayed, sang out, learned their parts. Why? Because we're singing praises to the Lamb of God and that singing is reserved for those that are saved to bring glory and honor to God. It's time for bus captains to grow their routes. It's time for Sunday schools to write absentee letters to their pupils, to their students, to tell them that Jesus loves you and we love you and we want you back. It's time to obey Hebrews 10 and verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching that we need to be building each other up on our most holy faith. We need more, not less. We need strong families. It's time to get over our petty differences in marriage and our whining and complaining and come Wednesday night to the marriage retreat and say, you know what? I'm going to apply the word of God and I'm going to do right and I'm going to get right and I'm going to go for God. And I'm going to make a difference in this whole world. Amen. Thank God we have a vehicle here called the Marion Avenue Baptist Church that 48 years in is still running the engine. Get on board. We need help. I, as your pastor, need help. We're fighting for our lives as we're in the last final sprint. We don't have long. I believe it will not be much time at all. As, as Look, if I play a song on Facebook that we don't have a license for, they'll mute the, 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 the live stream. And, they'll, and I have to go in and do things to, to make sure that it can get out, that we're not monetizing our services on live stream. What am I trying to say? They're listening right now. Right now, it's all algorithms and automatic and filtered through. It will be no time at all that even what I've said tonight is hate speech and you can't say that. And 
The time is short. We better preach and teach and love and serve and win and go and, and, and read and study and, 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 and take forth the word of truth because we have the daytime. We have this moment. Father God, we come in your presence. We thank you for your truth. Lord, we see it happening. We're in the IMAX theater right now and we're watching it in full 3D detail. It's happening around us and it's good news. Because, Lord, we're going to be taken up out of here and on our way to heaven. Thank you for that. But may we have a burden for the lost, for our marriage, for our home, for our purpose. May we find a ministry, our spiritual gift to serve, to love, to speak truth into somebody's life, to care for people, to love people. Father, I pray that you would do a work. If there's somebody here that does not know you as their personal Savior, oh God, I beg of you, may they come to know you as their personal Savior, that they would not be left behind. You love the whole world. And that's why you gave the greatest picture. You blasted it from the mountaintops. You were lifted high on the cross. Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. Father, thank you for your redemptive power. In Jesus' name, would you stand to your feet and join these that are on the altar to get busy loving, serving, going, organizing, praying, going, giving, caring, witnessing. Would you come and do business with God? If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I invite you to be saved tonight. Is there somebody like that? You say, I'm not saved. I don't know for sure if I died today that I'd go to heaven. And I want you to pray for me. I'll see that hand. I want you to pray for these that have gotten sick or that are concerned with getting sick. That's not what I'm talking about is saying it's not real. I'm talking about the devil priming to shake our minds, to get us sidetracked and divided. We need to stay focused on our victory, focused on our purpose of glorifying God and winning others to Him. This is why we have a church. It's why we give out Christmas gifts to share the love of Christ that they may see Jesus in us. This is why we serve a meal, preach a message, sing a song. It's not time to let up, Marion Avenue Baptist Church. The best is yet to come. It's time to buckle up. Get on board. Oh, you'll find peace and contentment. You get right with God. You come to Him. He's a God that loves you and cares about you. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. This is the last chorus. Sing it with me if you know it as others are praying. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. Though no one join me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning. Father, thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for this church. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go downstairs and enjoy some food together. Go see this new baby over here. And yes, sir? We didn't take the offering tonight? Really? How did we not take the offering tonight? We did. We did. All right, good. All right. Well, I, you had me worried there. Brother Dan needs to go give tonight. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Dan. <laughs> we know who didn't give tonight. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> let's go downstairs and eat together. I was just going to say, as I look out across the room and approach this Christmas season, Jared and I love you with all of our heart. I'm so thankful for you. I mean that. 
You're such an, we went visiting yesterday, visited some elderly people, and they encouraged my heart uh, more than I encouraged them. And I'm so thankful for you. I want you to love one another and be excited about the future. God bless you. You are dismissed.